In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, I seldom do I ever tell you something that you don't already know, and same thing's going to be today. You know what? We all go through life seeking purpose and love and happiness and connection with others. These are deep needs that all people share. We all share those things. However, um, the society in which we live, it really encourages us to pursue things like money and status, appearance, instant gratification. Well, instead, the Apostle Paul offers a solution in Ephesians 4. Would you Hear these words in verses 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You know, Paul tells us that God designed us to be fruitful for his kingdom, to give and receive in community for mutual growth of the whole. Well, our guest today believes that ordinary people can do extraordinary things for God's mission through the power of God. So join us, listen with us, share with us as we hear um, him talk about Harvest Church Communities, a church using a unique model that seeks to show um, to show each of us what happens when we embrace our true purpose and pursue God instead of worldly desires. And of course, we want to talk about that, and here to get us started is my good friend, my my co-host, my buddy um, of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. My man, it's good to see you, buddy. As always, it's good to see you, Dennis, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, and certainly our listeners, anything they don't know, that we live in a world that often makes determinations based upon who they are. Someone can accomplish something or do something based upon what's on their business card or their their degrees. And and those aren't bad things at all. But the truth is, when we understand the gospel, we understand Jesus Christ and what he does to us. It's actually not about who we are, but about the one who called us, the one who put the spirit in us that empowers us to live out those things that, as Ephesians tells us, he has preordained for us to do before the foundation of the earth. And so I love when we have opportunities to engage and talk with other pastors and other ministry leaders about what it's like to live on mission for what God has called us to do. And so right here in the studio with us today, we have another pastor that we get a chance to talk to, uh, and it's Pastor Rich Scheich. And so let me tell you a little bit about him before we get into our conversation. 
His wife, Christy, had the privilege of growing up in families that love Jesus, and both have followed Christ from a very young age. They lived in, and they have lived rather in Loudoun County, Virginia, since their early teens, and they've raised all five of their children there. After working in the world of politics and nonprofits, surprise, someone who's grown up in the Washington metro area found themselves. Oh, man, you didn't tell me he was in politics, man. Well, you know, God uses all of us when he calls us. And God had a plan for him that maybe he didn't even realize when it begins. I know that most of us don't when he takes us on that journey. But God moved him from that realm and led him to pursue the pastorate. And so he served as an associate pastor at Blue Ridge Bible Church in Purcellville, Virginia, which many of our listeners will be familiar with. Uh, He is a master's in Christian leadership from Dallas Theological Seminary. And back in 2016, which feels like it was just yesterday, but it's still about six years ago, he completed training in church planning at the Harvest Training Center at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. And as a result of that, uh, Blue Ridge Bible Church's home church at the time helped him to plant what's now known as Harvest Church Communities here in the Loudoun County area in spring of 2018. Uh, Christy, his wife, serves as the president of NCFCA, an international forensics language for Christian high school students. Both he and Christy enjoy coaching and mentoring youth in the community, and they have a passion to see more and more people walking in community with Jesus in such a way that the world will know God, and that as they know God, they want to see more and more local neighborhood churches started that are marked by a love for God and, and catch this, an uncommon community in that way. I love that part, man. I saw that, Brian, and I I thought, man, that's a a cool way to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a very cool way to say it, and I'm sure we'll hear more about that. So welcome to the show, Rich. We're glad to have you. Thanks, guys. It's an honor to be here. Uh, Well, hopefully when it's done, you still feel like an honor. So uh, (laughs) say that. Well, you know, before we sort of dive into the story of of Harvest Church Communities, let's dive into your story. Um, I, I think that, you know, the Bible is littered with examples of Stories that are seemingly going in one direction, and then God takes them another direction. And you, unlike Jonah, didn't decide to hop on a boat and run to Tarsus to run away from what God was calling you to, but instead to run towards. So, uh, talk a little bit about that. Of well, you're you're assuming you. a lot there, Brian. Um, All right. Well, maybe maybe that is. Eventually, you got there. We don't know if there's that, a whale. Yeah, in the story I eventually or not. got there, just like Jonah did, although not right. as dramatically. But no, when I I had a career in a couple other areas, and at age 32, one of my elders approached me and said, "Hey, I got a job opportunity for you, or idea." He said, actually, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm praying about. It. I want you to pray about it. I'm on the edge of my seat." And he was a successful businessman. I had a lot of respect for him, and and he said. I want you to consider being an associate pastor at our church. I was super involved and engaged. I love my church, but it just, my heart sunk. It was the last thing I wanted to do. And I completely felt, I told all kinds of people, I feel exactly like Jonah right now. And he insisted that I pray about it and I spent a year praying about it and God moved my heart. And he confirmed for me over that year um, where he wanted me to go. And um, the rest is history. And so eventually, you know, God in his sovereignty, and I don't know how it works in your life, but I know it works in my life this way and Dennis's as well, that he often doesn't give us the full story when he calls us. He just asks us to be faithful on each step. Uh, and I know in my life, it's because my Jonah tendency is if he gave me the full story, I would be scared to death and, and run. But <laughs> part of that story was eventually going from coming on board and being associate pastor Um, Uh to moving from what was already going to be something that seemed like a large step of faith into going from one career into another aspect of serving God uh, through professional ministry. Now to sort of uh, 
planning a church community. So yes. when we think about uh, you being uh, there at Harvest Church Communities, there's a particular approach to church. So yes. I use that very loosely because church, as we know, is not a building. It's not an organization. It's God's people. But yep. we often talk about church services and churches that way. And yep. certainly in the United States of America, uh, there is a predominant model about how that works and functions. And uh, the model that Harvest is choosing to go about doesn't exactly look like that model. And and talk about that for how God yep. has called you into doing that approach to the God's community that way and, and what you see and how you decided on that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say that I appreciate the use of the word model because I, I don't think that it's a, uh, a rule from scripture. I, mm-hmm. I have no problem with different models that, that, that the church and the predominant model in the United States. For us, it was, and we planted a church that way. In spring of 2018, we launched and it was Sunday service with worship and preaching and children's ministry and all those things. And we, during the week, we had small groups. And then by the end of that year, 2018, we had all our leaders come together and we just wanted to encourage one another, just do a check-in. How are things going? Um, I kind of wanted to raw, give them a rah-rah to, hey, this is, we're on track. Keep going, guys. Um, but the theme that really came out of that meeting, first of all, I thought they were going to, I was going to be the one giving the rah-rah, but actually they gave me the rah-rah and the encouragement, but also God moved to just really in a unified way that we all wanted greater connection in relationship with one another. And, you know, being in a bedroom community like Loudoun County and a lot of the DC metro area, we, we, we commute a lot and to difficult high demand jobs, weekday getting together small groups is really hard and um, not for everybody, but for some people, it is a very big challenge and we wanted more relationship. And at that time, Francis Chan had just come out with his book, Letters to the Church, and that had a big impact on us. And he also did a little mini conference at McLean Bible Church that time. And we felt like, okay, God's working in some way. We didn't know what Mm -hmm. it was. On New Year's Day, January 2019, um, my elders and I spent all day just praying and seeking the Lord together because we felt God was moving in some way. But what? Like, what do you want us to do here, Lord? And we came out of that meeting just with a desire to do something radically different. Um, So we went on a journey of just kind of research, seeking wisdom, prayer. And we basically came to this idea that we want to emphasize and be more about the main things you see in the New Testament in regards to the church. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of at the premise of Francis Chan's book, you know, what is the church doing what you see in the New Testament? And, and you hear that question a lot. And I, and a lot of times for me as a pastor, when I hear somebody ask that question, are we doing those things? In my mind, I always go to like supernatural gifts, you know, the, sure. the things that we debate. Mm-hmm. But what about the things that we don't debate as Christians that we completely agree about? For example, the one another's of scripture. Yes. Bear one another's burdens. Pray for one another encourage one another, live in harmony with one another. And of course, the biggest of them all love one another. You know, Jesus said in John 13, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, love Mm -hmm. one another. By this, the world will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, would we say that 
the community of God <laughs> in the United States of America is mar- marked by a love for one another. And, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know that you would say that it's one or the other. And so that, that was really at the heart of just pursuing a different mm-hmm. approach to really give the main, what I would consider some of the most important aspects of the New Testament church, more of a prime time slot is the way yeah. I describe it. I think if I'm hearing you correctly, I might say this, that, you know, we have a tendency, certainly in the United States of America, uh, to believe that because we know something, that's all that matters. But that the call yes. of scripture is to live out what we know. Yes. Um, you know, the old saying, just because I stand in a garage doesn't make me a car. And just because I know that I'm supposed to love one another doesn't make me loving in that that's way right. in all of those. And so you built a model that helped facilitate a lot more of these loving one another's and and community. And again, obviously, God always works in a sovereign way. Probably little did you know, like none of us knew about the impact of COVID and the necessity of better community that was going to come out. So you were you were probably uniquely um, positioned, if I could use that term, in a way to uh, approach COVID in a manner that maybe some other churches who chose a different model of approach weren't that way. So as you think about your ministry and how God has uniquely tried and wired your local expression of the church body to function, what are some of the, what I would like to say, the core goals or maybe even like problems that present itself in our culture that you're trying to use the gospel community together to sort of actively fight? Yes. Well, and and also just to kind of go back to this idea, to answer that question and go back to the idea Mm -hmm. of models, when we're talking about scriptures call and commands to Christians, the model in no way restricts an individual's uh, Christian's ability to be obedient to scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, Christian, if you're listening to this, you can't say, Oh, I wish my church was more like his church. Then I could actually start loving people. It's like, no, yeah. that is not at all true. Um, I think, and then that segues what I think is a lot of our cultural problem. And then our church problem. And it's this idea of it, of living for indulgence, in other words, what do I want? What do I mm-hmm. need? I'm living for myself. That would be consuming. I'm just, it's just the consumer culture. I'm like a locust that just goes around eating up stuff. Yeah. And then I think a byproduct of that, I don't know how related they are, but I think a significant related issue is just isolation. We aren't known by people. Yeah. And I think we go to church with a mask on. People don't know the real person. And then we leave acting like, well, church didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And that's because you didn't actually go to church. You know, your pretend self went to church. And if you were actually honest and real about who you were with the brothers and sisters that God's brought into your life in that local church community, you would see God work in a special way through them in your life. Yeah. We jokingly call it a church community that I serve here in Ashburn as well, the Jesus smile. You walk in, you kind of yeah. slap the smile on your face. Someone asks you how you're doing and your life, the running joke is it could be a bad country song. Your, you know, your dog has died, your house is burned down, everything, your truck is broken down and you'll go, Oh, it's fine. It's good. Yes. Right? And you're right. You didn't come to church That's uh, right. at all. The, the perception of that. And it's clear That's as right. well that I'm hearing you talk about fighting this active tendency of consumerism and where it's appropriate and where it's not. I mean, there's nothing wrong with consumerism. I go to the Lidl grocery store, not far from where you live, simply because I find it least expensive compared to going to other grocery stores in the area. That's a good consumer choice. But when we approach the gathering of God's people, the church, first through a mindset of consumerism, something is going to be off in that way. So do you find yourself in a place where 
consumerism is so pervasive in our culture that you have to be actively modeling and actively fighting consumerism because it's such a widespread thing that if you're not actively fighting or modeling against it, it's almost as if we're tacitly approving it anymore. Without oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, that's very fair to say. And I think that that's the, that's what I wrestle with. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're still relatively new in this model. Um, you know, we want to meet people where they're at, but at the same time, we want to call them to be honest and real with who they are. Yeah. And um, because it's, it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's about what Jesus has done for us, right? We, yeah. we, we approach the foot of the gospel in complete humility and honesty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in first John one, it says that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And, and that's a fellowship that's vertical mm-hmm. and also horizontal with the one another. But it has to, there has to be the realness of light. Mm-hmm. You know, I read recently a great illustration talking about how it's, you know, in the middle of the night, you're stumbling to the bathroom, you stub your toe on something, you assume it's the chair, but then you turn on the light and it's actually, you know, you're on the other side of the room and it's, you know, your dresser that you stubbed your toe on. It, it takes, light just exposes what's real. Mm-hmm. And I need that so that the gospel can come and really do the work. Cause it, and it goes on first John to say, and then you'll be cleansed. Yeah, <laughs> In other yeah. words, I, I will experience the fullness of the reality of the gospel mm-hmm. uh, reflected in my relationship with God and my relationship with one another. Yeah. That's such a, a powerful truth from scripture. And I love your analogy, by the way. For some of our younger listeners who don't have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, your time is coming. Uh, that analogy will hit home literally at a level that'll be much more poignant, I think, uh, in that way. So, uh, you know, if you're listening right now already and you want to know more, I encourage you to wait to the end of our talk. But here it is, www.harvest.bible or www.i8them.com, I-A-T-E-T-H-E-M.com. You can go there. We'll mention it again at the end of the show. But let's kind of hop in a little bit then. Because and talk about what this model actually sort of looks like for people and how it might be different than maybe a a more commonly expressed model that we see in the United States. Yeah. So I ate them.com is a uh, daily reading plan. Mm -hmm. So our our vision is this. We want to see all people walking together with God, bearing fruit for his kingdom. And so we literally walk together with God by reading the same text together. Um, and so we're coming on Sunday, having been having walked through the same Bible text, God speaking to us in, in the same way, but also different and u- unique ways. And we have, um, th- this is the way our gatherings work. So uh, on Sunday mornings, we meet in multiple homes around the area. And there, you could call them like small groups, but it's kind of a, a compression together of what you might experience on a Sunday worship uh, with a small group. So it's got teaching plus worship together, prayer, and then community kind of life. We'll um, share a meal together often. We do communion every week. Um, we're praying, we're sharing. And it's kind of like, I mean, very much like a small group. We try to involve all ages in that time. That's every Sunday, multiple homes. And then um, once a month, our first Sunday of every month, we, we have what we call our intentional gathering. And all of our groups come together at a elementary school in Leesburg. And we do what's more like what a Christian would recognize as a, as a worship service that you might experience. And so, and it's a time for us to all come together and to share and to worship. And I, I'll teach there as well. Um, 
And then we have uh, what we call intentional relationships, which are one-on-one or, or, or two, three, four people together. And um, uh, those are meant to be much more intimate times mm-hmm. and, and people organize those on their, t- on their own. But that, that's kind of based on this idea that we need daily, not just weekly encouragement. And we need people that are really, that we can truly share the deepest stuff. Like, like, you know, Hey guys, I, I gave in to lust again, but mm-hmm. here's the actual details of that and get into the specifics of it with people that can minister to me. So those yeah. are the main, that's the main idea. So small groups every Sunday in a sense, and then a larger gathering once a month. So in our last few moments, I'd like to kind of maybe ask you two questions, but again, one, personally, how has this affected you? I mean, you grew up in a church. You probably grew up in a model that a lot of people are very, very familiar with. And now that model yeah. has changed. How's it affected you? And then would you tell us quickly a story of how that's affected others that yeah. have stepped into this? It's um, the biggest way it's affected me is just to see how God's used the church to minister to me. Um, you know, I, I come on Sundays ready to go. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be teaching and I'm, I'm like steeped in it. And I think I got a lot of great stuff to give to other people, but then God works through people in my life. And that's mm-hmm. been really cool. And that's also been a massive, I found a huge load as a pastor lifted off. I feel like I have more people carrying the burden um, where I feel like before it all came through me, I was the bottleneck of all ministry. So that's been mm-hmm. a huge thing. And then you know, when you think about examples, I'm sure you probably wrestle with this, Brian, but you know, you try to think the first thing that your mind goes to, when you think about ways that God's worked, it's all the hard, ugly stuff and difficult things that it's like, man, I'm not, I don't think I can, (laughs) I can share that. Um, But it's like, we've seen people, I mean, victory in, you know, patterns of sin and addiction, um, uh, mental health issues that people, you know, family marriage issues. um, And, uh, we've also, another thing that's been really cool is we've, we've actually, God's opened a lot, a lot of doors for us among Christians that had walked away from the church for various mm-hmm. reasons. Um, and maybe had been hurt by other Christians or were just, you know, you know, the popular word today is deconstructing in different ways. That's been an area that God's opened up mm-hmm. and it's been neat to see that it's like when you start sharing and it's, and it's something that maybe you say something that's offending somebody else. Um, we encourage you. It's like, you guys got to talk that through. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's been cool to see because we've got Democrats, Republicans, all kinds of different walks of life, people that normally don't mix well. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, when we actually talk and relate to one another, um, it really is refining and amazing to see how the, the unity and the love that God's creating. It's something pretty powerful when God's people live out John 17 in unity that shows to yeah. him. And, and too often, right. we've said this on this show before, that especially in the American church, we misunderstand unity as uniformity. Uh, yeah. But actually, it's much more like, to use a musical term, much more like harmony. Uh, so that it brings good. beautiful music towards God, obviously, but also so that the world looks at just like the things you said. Okay, this is a group of uh, you know, differing socioeconomic backgrounds, different social, different political beliefs, but they're all able to live out the one another's. And that's attractive. That's right. And that points to Big Jesus time. in such an amazing Big way. Big time. And that John 17 is huge because he says, so, I mean, it's, that's the whole coming back to the John 13. It's, it become mm-hmm. the community itself becomes evangelistic yeah. by its existence. Yeah. That is, I, I wish I could, I could go a whole nother. <laughs> well, we're going to have to stop the sermon right now. Yeah, to do that. It's, it's powerful stuff. So 
Uh, Just thanks, Rich, for being here with us. And if you want to learn more about Harvest Church Communities, Dennis, you can tell us about it as he closes out today, right? Hey, man, there's a lot of exciting stuff. I mean, the the Lord is working in ways that, and and probably, Rich, he needs to shake us up, right? He needs to shake us up and get our attention because we've come out of a long, hard struggle. And, man, it's, yeah, it's just fantastic. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Hey, folks, again, you can go to harvest.bible. That's harvest.bible. And I love this one, I ate them.com. I ate them.com, which is we heard a, a reading program, a scripture reading program that these folks and we can do together. Um, also, if you want more information, you can always call me. I mean, you can always go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Call me at the radio station, 703-807-2266. Brother Rich, thank you. God bless you, man. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, folks, for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.